Welcome to the Chimney and Fireplace Success Network, a weekly broadcast sponsored by CBC Coaching, hosted each week by industry speaker, coach, author, and educator, Jerry Eisenhower. Our presentations are produced to assist business owners and managers in turning their business dreams into their business realities. And now, here's your host, Jerry Eisenhower. And I want to welcome you once again to the Chimney and Fireplace Success Network. We do this show every week and beam it across America on various podcast channels. And our reason for doing this is to share the ways that you can take your business and your personal life to a higher level. You know, you started that business one day because you had a dream. And what we'd like to do in one of our taglines at CBC is we help turn our we help turn our customers' business dreams into their business realities because your business exists to give you what you're looking for in your personal life. Now, on this podcast over the last couple of months, I've had the pleasure of having very big rock stars from the world of speaking. We have had people on here like Larry Wingett, Tom Ziegler. We've had Ellen Rohr out of the Dirty Jobs segment. We've had Scott McCain. We've had Damian Mason. He is a reinvention expert. We've had Joe Crisario, who is a expert in sales out of the plumbing and HVAC uh, avenues of blue collar work. But today I have a very, very special guest today. And the reason he is special is because he's special to me and he's special to a lot of people because he's a guy that basically he's a difference maker. He changes lives. I met this guy back in the 1980s or 90s. I don't really know when. And we kind of developed a friendship and a bond back in those days because he was launching a product and taking it to market. And like many of you, and we're going to talk about this some today, some of the challenges he went through in order to take this. Very special person to me. His name is John Meredith. So, John, are you out there with me today ready to talk to our listeners a little bit? I am. Thank you, Jerry. That's, uh, to even be mentioned in the same light as the list you had earlier was quite an honor, I'll tell you. Well, John, i tell you something. Like I said, I know a lot of people that are in the coaching world and the speaking world and they're known motivators, but to be honest with you, that's one of you. That's what you are, too. When I look at the industry we both come up, which is a chimney in the vending industry, I look at it, and there's just a few people that are out there that have really made a difference. You and I both know what we think of City Bob and other people, but, John, you're one of those special people, so... What you've got to share, I think, is going to be very special. So you ready to roll, brother? I'm ready to go, man. Okay. So here's my first question for you, John. Many years ago, may seem like decades ago, and it may seem like yesterday, you were a chimney sweep. I think you were even a fireman, if I remember correctly. But you came up with an idea and a product to take to market that was a water repellent, a waterproofing system for masonry. So here's what I want to know from you. Whenever you decided to embark on this, what was the biggest challenges you faced in getting your company off the ground back in those days? Yeah, well, you know, we, during the course of my chimney sweeping, I noticed there was a lot of issues with masonry and chimneys. And then I would even recommend to my customers that they have a mason come back and fix them. And he kind of put the same problems back on them that caused them to fail. And, um, I was lucky enough to have a, a fire chief let me put a phone in my fire station, so just for my own personal use. And so this is back before fax machines and 
and, uh, and the internet. So, you know, the best tool was the telephone and, of course, the typewriter, I guess, but which was a little slow. But uh, so I spent a lot of time doing research on, you know, from calling calling experts uh, in in chimneys or experts mostly in masonry and and um, you know water repellents and things like that. And I discovered a technology. It was kind of cool. It was the government had evidently funded uh, had funded some uh, water repellent uh, research. Evidently, when um, we were going into Vietnam, the, the, they were carrying playing around with bulletproof vests. And when these vests would get wet in the jungle, the bullets would penetrate. So the government funded some research to, um, you know, come up with some water repellents that could be used to prevent the vest in, in the jungle from getting wet. So um, I was lucky enough to kind of network into the guy who kind of developed this technology uh, that was came out of this government funding. So and I paid for some research and development time to have that made into a product, which we still make today and it's still one of our great products. It's kind of like Gore-Tex for masonry, and it's kind of an amazing product. It's got like, you know, uh, last time I looked at it, over 4,000 reviews and four and a half stars on on um, on on the internet. So I mean, it's it's a it's an amazing product. But but yeah, going from so I, what I did was I paid for some research and development time, kind of tied up the technology, got an exclusive to market it in for certain uh, markets, and then uh, you know tried to launch a business. And 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 it's kind of a long-winded answer to to the question, but I, I just want to give you a little bit of background. So when you're so one of the challenges, you know, obviously is going from um, being a chimney sweep to a credible manufacturer. And um, there was a lot of challenges. So I spent a couple of years doing the research, getting ready. I'll never forget my first trade show was at the Indiana Chimney Sweep Guild. Back then, every state guild had its own trade show. And, and it was up in South Bend. It was, uh, uh, I'll never forget this. It was the hottest day of the year on record in South Bend. It was 105 degrees. And it was uh, and it was it was warmer, and I think Juneau, Alaska, was up by 106 or something like that. So it was extremely hot. But I came back with orders, and I I said, Oh no, what do I do now? I'm not a manufacturer. <laughs> I didn't know how to fill the orders, and I was like, Oh my gosh, you guys, I was so hard focused on getting to the packaging and you know doing all the research and getting all the marketing together and everything, and getting the trade show booth together and getting to this trade show, and then then I actually you know got orders and I, I came back and I, I didn't know how to fill them. <laughs> that was kind of like, I had a big learning curve. But uh, in fact, at that time I thought, what am I doing? I don't have any business doing this. And, you know, my dad kind of got in my grill and said, you know, you can do this, you know? It, it, and so I think along the way, we all need someone kind of in our grill saying, Hey, you can do this, you know, cause we all have a lot of challenges in our lives and we need someone who we respect that says, yes, you can, you can do this. Because I think, you know, in almost all cases, lesser men have overcome greater challenges than we each face. So um, I think that's, and then also then seeing, you know, as problems come up, not instead of just, you know, throwing your hands up, but really looking deep for the opportunities in every, every problem. I think uh, staying optimistic and just uh, when you get a roadblock, you just, you know, you just, you can't go under it, go over it. If you can't go over it, go around it. And just keep looking for the opportunities and all the challenges that you face. And I think those are the things that kept me going. And John, you know, that story you just told me, it brought back memories of my own. When Cheryl and I started IBD Outdoor Rooms, which at that time, at one time, it was Islands by Design. 
we actually went to a trade show in Atlanta. It was the Atlanta Flower Show. And we, a couple guys just told us, hey, bring some product in here. We think you got a product. And all of a sudden, we got an interesting product. And we ain't got no idea how to manufacture this stuff. And she and I, <laughs> and she and I drove back from Atlanta, Georgia, and actually came up with the name, which was Islands by Design. And we came up with the model numbers sitting in a car driving back from Atlanta, Georgia, and came up with the model numbers. And it's like we got we developed some systems, such as we named a straight island a Santa Fe because the first word was an S. An L-shaped island was a Lexington. And a tri-shaped island, that was a Trenton. And a circular island, that was a Concord because it started with a C. And if it went in the corner, we called it a Venetian because it started with a B. And it's amazing, like you say, you got this idea and you take it to market and all of a sudden people get ready to buy it. It's like, okay, what am I going to do now? What am I <laughs> going to do now? So I can sympathize with that. But it was also probably challenging just trying to fund a business in those days. I'm not, I don't think you were a uh, rich kid or anything. So funding a business had to be somewhat difficult to get started. Yeah, I, um, you know, it's kind of funny because I, I, I invested, well, I sold my chimney suit company, put everything in in that, but I, I had a little bit of retirement and savings and I, I put it in there and then I was able to borrow a uh, uh, $50,000, $25,000 from two relatives and then that was kind of the seed capital I used. I didn't, I did keep my chimney suit business for a couple of years after we started the the manufacturing company because I needed the income and then eventually I got too busy with the manufacturing had to let it go and we sold it um, but yeah so it is extremely challenging um, to um, get the seed capital for something like that for sure yeah well so we had sixty thousand dollars for startup monies and of course I didn't you know I, I, I didn't take a salary for a couple of years so things were kind of lean that's for sure Yep, and you know, you worked hard, John. That was it. You dedicated yourself to it. But listen, let's come up with some things that today in this, that how we can help some people we know. Because some of my clients are also your customers. We deal with a lot of the same people. And here's what's happening. You know, as people are going out here, what do you see the major challenges of your customer base in the chimney and vending industry What's the major challenges that you feel that the people that are selling your product to homeowners, what are they facing in order to move their businesses forward in the next, in the coming years, over the next decade? What do you see are their major roadblocks and the challenges that are out there, John? Well, I, I may seem a little differently than most people because I don't look more technically. I tend to look, uh, look a little more deeply into, you know, what I call the the challenges that prevent us from kind of getting what we, um, you know, what we want in life, I think, are what I call the gales. And, and mean by that, I mean they're, you know, they're gremlin messages that where we maybe believe something about ourselves is not really true. You know, like I'm not good enough, or I'm not smart enough, or uh, some kind of a, essentially a lie, or maybe it's an interpretation, maybe, or opinion or judgment that we've made about you know, a, a past experience we've had that we believe to be true, you know, kind of sometimes the stories that we make up, um, sometimes it's assumptions that we make, like, uh, you know, 
if something happened in the past, it's going to happen in the, in the, it's going to happen again. And that's not always the case. Or sometimes it's just, we're limited by our own beliefs, right? So, you know, something we accept about life, uh, about ourselves, you know, that um, limits us in some way. So, you know, for example, like maybe I don't have enough time to accomplish my goals or I'm not, um, you know, there's some something limiting me. So I think just just thinking differently, if you want to change the future, you got to disrupt the present, right? So um, I think the biggest challenge that any business owner faces is, is their own, you know, their own stinking thinking, if you will, to use a Zig Ziglar term. Um, and so, uh, you know, by, by challenging some of these things that we've believed about ourselves in the past, um, you know, we, we can have get a, a different perspective on things. And, you know, to change your actions, you need to change your thoughts, which affect your emotions or your feelings, and then that, that'll change your actions. So uh, by, by just thinking through some of these things and realizing that these things aren't really, they're just like paper tigers that have been holding us back. But once we kind of identify those things, and that's what I try to do as a leadership coach is, is kind of get in, get in somebody's head, get in their grill a little bit and find out, you know, what their inner critics are telling them because that's what's keeping them from really pushing forward, in my opinion. When you say the inner critics, you're talking about what's inside their heads, or are you talking about their surroundings? Yeah, just what's inside their own heads. You know, like, for instance, you know, I never graduated from college, so I always felt like I'm not smart enough. Yeah. You know, and so I always felt like everybody else was smarter than me, because so that caused me to, to kind of be a voracious reader and, you know, caused me to feel like, you know, I'm, I got to, everybody else is ahead of me. So I got to, I got to work hard to catch up, you know, and, and that's, you know, and I found later on in life that wasn't really true. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, certainly not a genius, but I'm not, you know, I'm not an idiot either. And um, so, you know, those kind of things that you kind of believe, those kind of things, those messages can hold us back from really walking in whatever purpose and destiny that we were put on the planet to walk in, I think. That's, I think there's a, go ahead. I'm sorry. I said, you know, and I think you're dead on the money there with your thinking, you know, what you've got to do is be able to self empower yourself and face these challenges because we all face challenges all the time. You do, I do. And you've just got to get up and the challenge has got to become your adrenaline. If you understand what I'm saying, the challenge also, it just feeds your adrenaline to succeed. That's the difference in winners and losers, and that's what every human being has within them. They've just got to go for it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, so, I agree. Yeah. You know, John, a couple months, about several weeks ago, you were on Taylor and Carter's uh, podcast, Blue Collar Proud, and I listened to that that day, and you made a very, very profound statement. In fact, I actually made a Facebook post out of it because I thought it was that profound. And this was all about leadership. And you said something that day that I think a lot of people would benefit them to hear, you know, and it's kind of the way that I'm trying to live my life, which is leadership means we turn it into a win-win for every party. We turn it into it's where we all win. And that came from your training in the world of coaching that you're doing, we're gonna address in a minute. But tell me more about your belief in that win, win for all, and where that is the secret of a true leader. So, 
it's it's actually I kind of I came up with a little bit of a, a guideline to kind of help people make better maybe better uh, decisions. But you know, leadership is one of those things. It's a little bit like nailing jello to the wall. You know, you don't really know what it is. Nobody really knows how to teach it. It's, I mean, essentially, it's just you know learning how to lead yourself and others and, and influence yourself and others in a positive direction. So, um, you know, but there's not a real you know there's no one formula out there for it, right? There's different types of leaders, different types of leadership styles, and there's no really right or wrong answer. But I think one of the things that, um, you know, that I've learned through my training, and, and, and it's just something you always, you know, you try to practice, but if you can suspend, you know, if, if you ask yourself, if something comes up, for example, and, and you ask yourself, you know, what assumptions am I making? And, and then you, you kind of ask, you kind of suspend judgment. And then, uh, you know, ask, you know, how else might you think about this? And then maybe ask, you know, what does the other person uh, think, feel, or want? And then and then you might ask, how can I turn this into a win-win? And then um, kind of focus on looking for solutions. So, you know, the, the type of leader, uh, it's, I think, is, is probably one of the more effective leaders for businesses. And I think families, too, is what I, you know, the, kind of call the optimist leader, which is the you know, where you really try to look for a win-win in, in every situation. So now that's that doesn't work in every situation because sometimes as a leader, you know, you need to win and you really don't care if the other person wins. For example, you know, if, if there's a safety issue at the plant, I say, you know, hey, this is I need to, you're, this is going to stop, <laughs> you, know, you know, or you're going to be gone. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't want it hurt. You know, so that that's a constant choice I'm making to to change leadership styles, right? I don't go in there and try to negotiate, you know, whether or not they should be wearing their safety glasses or not. Uh, there's certain things that are absolute, but um, you know, if there's if there's some objectivity in there, I, I I find that I make much better decisions when I suspend judgment and keep an open mind and really look for a win-win. And oftentimes, I come up with uh, better uh, decisions in, in in trying to do that. You know. Um, Trying to understand others before being understood, that's one of the cubby things, right? And then, uh, you know, just recognizing each person as maybe having unique gifts and abilities and and uh, really trying hard to, uh, you know, to find the, the area where we can both win. You know, find the opportunities and all the challenges that we face and uh, really not try not to take things too personally and, you know, um, you know, just um, don't let... Uh, you know, try to keep our, I have a very, I'm a very, uh, I'm driven a lot by uh, my need to care for other people, if that makes any sense. I call it the Mother Teresa syndrome. So sometimes, you know, I view my success as, as you know, I win when you win. And that, you know, that's going to be, um, you know, that's not a lot of place a lot of people come from. So, you know, it's easy to get uh, you know, if you put your heart out there like that, sometimes it gets trampled on by employees or customers or friends or whatever. But um, so I'm, you know, by by learning to maybe not uh, engage that much emotionally and just becoming more aware of, um, you know, trying to find a space where you both can find that win-win. I find that you know everybody's happier. My employees are much happier. Um, you know, my customers are. Are happier and um, you know we uh, find that um, you know our, I think our business 
know, thrives and is successful or that style of leadership. You know, a lot of, most of, most businesses, a lot of businesses are run by, um, you know, confrontation and anger. You know, you're going to do this and kind of like the drill sergeant approach. And, and that's, you know, um, where a lot of businesses are today. And, and that, that approach, especially, you know, we've talked a lot about leading millennials, you know, this doesn't really work anymore. That, that, and, and so you've got to have a, a much, uh, and you, but you get much better results when you tr really try to consider the needs of others and try to find areas where you can both find uh, out wins. Yeah. I don't know, does that make sense? Does that sound like a bunch? <laughs> no, it, it makes perfect sense. You know, when we did our joint presentation this year at the, at the event we did in Aleron earlier this year, that was kind of the endearing part of that was building the culture and how you communicate. And, you know, I spoke a lot on the different generations and you spoke a lot on how your leadership powers and, and leadership, uh, you know, your skills as a leader. That's what you delved into. And I think we did a bang up program. I did two last year, one here in Concord. But, yeah, learning the different generations and how to speak to them. Yeah, it's definitely something that a leader has to take into play because the way it's done, it's not it's not the same anymore. So that leads me into my next question, John. You know, you are the person who inspired me into my second career as a coach. And because, and that goes to a breakfast you and I had back in 2010, Hartford, Connecticut, in a hotel restaurant. But then we've, we've talked over the years and we've cried together and everything else. And hey, we're going to get through this without either one of us crying this time. But <laughs> we are, you know, it's going to happen, okay? So, but, re, you know, you shared with me a while back that you were now engaged in going into coaching yourself. And this was, but for a couple different things, it was something I think you have a God-given talent for, to be honest with you. You have the right personality for it, and you have a way of leading people to where they can open their eyes. That's been one of your endearing qualities, John. So, you know, what was what in, what was it that drove you to do this? Because I know you're doing this in the hope you're going to be able to assist other people. And what I know about John, John Meredith, I don't think John Meredith sometimes understands the personality that you have or the power you have to influence, John. I really don't think you, you understand how deep that is with so many people and how you have influenced so many. So kind of tell me where you're going to go with this coaching thing, John. So, yeah, thank you, Jerry. Um, especially for your kind words. I really appreciate that. That's very kind of you. I, um, you know, I really feel like, um, you know, one of my, my philosophy in life is, you know, life's about who you love, who loved you, and what you do to help others along the way. And, you know, I really felt like um, – you know, I got engaged in Aileron. You know, we talked a little bit about this. In fact, that's where we did our one program. It's, and that was inspired by a friend of mine who started Aileron. His name's Clay Mateel. Um, and, um, you know, he, he's, he, he kind of does the same thing on a macro scale, and I kind of do it on a micro scale. But I, my heart is to build into other people, to see them walking in whatever purpose and destiny that they, you know, that they can walk in. And, you know, kind of following their heart's desires and using their gifts and talents. And so, you know, I wanted to gain some skills in and around drawing that out for people. And so that's why I did the same uh, leadership training that they, that they on business advisors go through. And, 
and so that was about a year-long program that I, I went through with them and um, you know it gave me some tools I think just I was just looking for more tools you know one of the things I really have a heart to do is to build into you know my employees my customers um, on, on many different levels so and and my vendors and you know just everybody bump up against and so um, you know, I just wanted to gain some tools in and around that. So that was kind of my motivation for that. And if I ever, you know, retired or did something different uh, here, I would probably, um, you know, do more of it. So it would, you know, it was, again, it was kind of like having something to run to if I ever decided to do something else. So uh, right now I do, you know, I just coach a few people. I have a few clients who are not in this industry, actually, uh, but just business owners that are trying to, um, get their businesses off the ground, or maybe they've been, you know, maybe struggling with some areas a little bit, and just um, and they've both been pretty successful. And you know, so basically, just taking what I the way I view coaching is I take high functioning I like to take high functioning people and turn them into really just top performers in whatever mountain that they're on, and whatever you know business that they're in to try to um, you know kind of grow it to the next level. And uh, so that's kind of my hard focus, and I certainly don't have all the gifts and talents to, to coach them to do that, but I do have a pretty deep Rolodex, so if it's, you know, so I, I view myself as kind of like a general practitioner, if I need to send somebody to a specialist, you know, I, I've got to, I know, I know where to send them, because I've, I've done a lot of networking over the years, and, you know, I, I think, oh, you know, this guy can help you with that, you know, so, so that's kind of where, my role, I think, and, you know, that's, Kind of where I'm at with it right now, but I, I I thought about doing some group coaching online or something like that. But it's what I what I'm doing is mostly just working you know between the ears with um, helping guys really define what they want to do, what they want out of life, and and what they um, and, and 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 you know develop their vision, their mission, and and their and their and their core values. To, um, is, is a big focus of mine is once you kind of figure out what you're about, then, you know, that's the age old question, right? You know, I'm trying to figure out what I'm supposed to be doing the rest of my life, you know, and a lot of people don't really, are never really settled in that question. So once you become settled in that and you kind of know why you're put on the planet, you know, life gets a lot easier because then you don't spend all that energy figuring out what you're trying to be, what you want to become. I mean, what you, what you're trying to, what, what you've been put on the planet to do. And so once you kind of settle into that, uh, you, you know, you gain up a lot of bandwidth to, to really move forward. And so but that can be difficult sometimes for, for us as men, especially to kind of figure out, you know, especially in your case, you had to kind of reinvent yourself, you know? And, and so, uh, you know, you get, you wrote a great book about that and shared a lot of personal pain and, you know, that's, and that's what, one of the things our mess kind of becomes our message, right? You know, yeah. So, uh, and and that's what, you know, I've always found that I learned so much more from my failures than I do my successes. So, while you don't want to relive your failures, you know, you you're thankful for them because you learn so much in them. And that's really what makes us who we are and makes us valuable to other people because of our failures. Yeah. You know, if everything was always honky dory and you were just locked down the park every day be a pretty boring person and you really wouldn't have any value to a lot of people because nobody's ever experienced that before. <laughs> Most of us have a, a lot of, you know, stuff that we've had to overcome and dealt with and wow. challenges. 
That's it. Failure is a high-octane fuel. Failure, and the bad thing is sometimes, and, you know, that's what I found out since I've been in the coaching world, and I have mingled and networked and mixed with a lot of high-level coaches, is the amount of failure is unreal. But at the same time, the strength this has given people is also unreal. And you, you just learn how to face things. But, John, I'll tell you something. You said something a while ago. You've got the talent to do it, my friend. I've got a lot of confidence in you. You know, like I ever told you, you ever decide to go into coaching, I know a coaching company that's ready to put you on staff at any point, okay? <laughs> so, well, thank you, my friend. I appreciate that. You know, I really do. I so anyway, yeah. So I want you to reach real deep, John. Here, I want you to reach down, and and I know you can do this. But, you know, what's the what's the closing thoughts? What's deep in your heart? What do you want to share? Because, John, this is a group of people that you can truly inspire. So we're sitting here. The show's going to air between Christmas and New Year's. Give me what John's thoughts are to close out 2017 and how we really move to that higher level in 2018. What's John Meredith's prescription for that? Well, I think, you know, the, I, I kind of go back to, you know, one of my my life philosophy, I guess. But, you know, the best definition of success I've heard is was from Maya Angelou. And, and she just simply said, you know, success is liking who you were, what you did, and how you did it. And I think, um, you know, I think that's where we, we all uh, – so it's not about, you know, money. It's not about, you know, whatever, whatever. It's just about – I think it comes down to those three things. And you know, I've got six grandkids now, so I'm, I'm, one of my measures of success these days is how many games of shoots and ladders do I get to play? <laughs> how many games of a high hoop cherio and <laughs> pie face, you know, with my five and six-year-old grandkids? You know, that if I get to do that two or three times a week, my, my life it seems to go a lot smoother. But, um, you know, I grew up kind of racing sailboats, and one of my favorite quotes is an anonymous quote, you know, if you want to be happy – put your effort into controlling the sail, not the wind, you know, because, um, you know, if you enjoy the journey in the process um, and not get a lot of energy focused on the problems and are becoming a victim, but you, you learn from the pain, you know, like I said earlier, it's what makes us valuable to others. So, um, you know, then I think um, it frees up a lot of bandwidth for us to help those. I really believe that what you put behind you, you put in front of you. So, you know, one of the things I love about, you know, if you need if you need grace, give grace. If you need help, give help. You know, I think those things release all those things that we need. When we give out the things that we actually need, it 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 it, it says when we set stuff up river, there's more coming downstream. But if we kind of bottle it up, then we then we don't really receive the, the tools that we need to really become the success that I think we we're all intended to become. So I think that my, you know, if I was going to reach deep and share something with someone, it would be to, it would be to help others and do whatever you need, give out to others, you know, because that'll free it up for it to come to you. And that's kind of my deep life philosophy, I guess. Yeah. Well, you know, it's kind of like the, you know, I like the words that Ziegler shared. He said, if you help enough people get what they want, they'll help you get what you want. 
And John, that's what yeah. you've done for a lot of people. And I think that's why a lot of the goodness comes to you because of all the good you've done for other human beings in your life. Well, thank you, my friend. It's an honor to be on your program and to be, uh, to be your friend. I appreciate you dearly. Well, I'm looking forward to a couple of weeks. I will be seeing you in, at Alaron in just a few weeks. We're going to be doing another Heat Shield Summit. That uh, It's been a real honor and a privilege to be able to speak at every one of those since we started them some years ago. And I know that was a challenging thing for you when we first talked about that. Would anybody come? And now it's turned into one of the biggest business building events and it, you know that and you hold it every other year so it's really great what you do because it's how you put you know you don't do that to run to make money in fact i know that you lose money every single year on that thing you have to invest into it but what you're helping people with is unreal so john i want to thank you for being my guest today thank you for sharing with these people and thanks for being a mentor and a friend to me okay Honor. It's an honor, my friend. I really appreciate you, and I I'm, I'm thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, we've been through hard times, John, and like I said, we've been able for a long time. I think that you and I have both been people we can rely on each other, someone just talk to, and sometimes just call up and say, hey, man, is everything okay? You're doing okay. I mean, that's, kind of, that's the kind of friendship we have, and that yeah. is something that is sacred, my friend. I appreciate that. I steel sharpens sharpen steel, <laughs> so it. we need each other, right? Yeah. I appreciate so, you, brother. So, John, and hey, I, have a, go ahead. Thank you. Have a Merry Christmas and a great new year. I'm looking forward to uh, all life has, you know, in store and the challenges that we can overcome next year. That's that's what that's that's all our hope, man. That's all our hope: peace, harmony, and that we all move forward and we all, you know, it's kind of like my tagline. You know, we want you to live your dreams, and that's what it's all about. So. John and I are going to be out of here. We thank you for joining us this week on the Chimney and Fireplace Success Network. We bring this to you each and every week. It's broadcast through Spreaker. It's broadcast through iTunes and also through SoundCloud. It's sponsored by CVC Coaching. If we can help you reach your business dreams, help you turn your business, rea business dreams into your business realities, then give us a call. We'd love to talk to you. We want to help you get there with our educational program, our educational outreach, our coaching services, and our consulting services, we could be a resource to you. So just give us a call if we can ever talk. And with that, I'll talk to you next time. And I appreciate you tuning in as always because it's truly an honor and it's a privilege and it's a pleasure to be able to share our message with you in this manner. Talk to you next time and thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us here each week at the Chimney and Fireplace Success Network, sponsored by CBC Coaching providing you the coaching and educational outreach services you need to move to your dream destination in business and in life.